What if I was to tell you your lack of focus, lack of decisiveness, lack of being in the relationships that you want, whether they're friendships or intimate, has more to do with this one thing than anything else that you're doing. That's what we're going to get into in today's Psychology Fitness Lab podcast is how the limiting belief of I'm not enough self-sabotages all these other areas of our lives. Welcome to the Psychology Fitness Lab. My name is David Michael, the obsessed founder and head coach at Cliffhanger Academy, the number one psychology fitness training experience. Each week, we give you real-world tools and tactics based on the latest research from psychology and fitness to help you look, feel, and perform better all day, every day. We're all about taking action at the lab, so let's get started. All right, team, welcome to the Psychology Fitness Podcast with me, your host, David Michael, the head, found, the head coach and founder of Cliffhanger Academy. Man, I am really, really stoked today because I have a good friend, a close friend of mine, uh, David Orsini, on with me. We're going to get after some stuff. You guys are, if you're not uncomfortable by the time we're done with this conversation, you're either not paying attention or we're not doing our jobs. And I know we're doing our jobs. So David and I have become close friends through a personal development program that we are both in. Uh, David's got a great, we have a lot of similarities in our backgrounds. That's why we hit it off. Um, David comes from a, a background of a marriage and family counseling. Uh, then he decided to make a transition into personal training, which is incredible. Um, and then, but, but, but in the midst of all of that, David's been practicing martial arts for over 29 years. This is, you're talking about an OG in the martial arts system. And David, David's figured out these cool ways where he's taken his background in psychology, you know, his martial arts training, and then turned that into something incredible of working with his personal training clients. So you can, of course, see why I had to have David on the, on the Psychology Fitness Lab podcast and why he and I hit it off. So David, welcome to the Psychology Fitness Lab podcast. It's good to have you, brother. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me, David. I truly appreciate it, man. And um, I would like to, you know, acknowledge and, uh, and I appreciate David's time for actually allowing me to be here. So yes, I was a, um, I went to Fordham University, got my bachelor's degree in psychology, uh, got my uh, master's also in Fordham University uh, in clinical social work. I believe that was around 2010. I did my four years of psychoanalytic training under Ackerman Institute, where I was, you know, pursuing, uh, you know, marriage and family counseling. Um, I've been training in Kyokushin Karate for the past uh, 29 years. Uh, my first teacher was uh, Shion Seiji Kanamura. Um, then um, after Sosai Oyama died on 420, I believe 420 or 425 of 94, I, um, I got... I had to transition to different schools. So I was training in Tiger Shulman's for a little bit. Then I went and made it over to uh, KKNY, training with them for about 15 years. Um, in between uh, having, having lived in Japan, training in Ikebokuro um, in the Kyokushin Aikyo Wanhambu. And then uh, now I'm at, as you can see, Iwata Do Karate. Um, so yeah, um, how I met David uh, actually is funny is that we do have basically lots of similarities we're both you know italian and uh <laughs> <laughs> forgot about that one yeah 
but the most, the, the biggest thing is that uh, we're into personal development and, you know, not just developing others, but developing ourselves. And the biggest uh, concept that we always have to figure when actually helping others is focusing on what we need to do for ourselves in order to be a clearing for you guys. So we're going to go into, uh, you know, some, ha you know, some things about what it is like to uh, feel that when you're not enough and how that can affect your life and where that actually plays a role uh, and how that, you know, goes into, uh, you know, and just in every other aspect. And we're just going to break that down for you guys. Yeah. So, so one, I just wanted to, if you guys don't know the Ackerman Institute where David got his training is, is, is one of the, if not the top in, top institutes in America um, for family counseling, uh, hands down. I've done some training there. Uh, I've done some sessions there. Um, when it comes to, you know, relationships, man, you got Gottman, the Gottman Institute on the West coast and you got the Ackerman Institute on the East coast and there are no bigger pillars. So you guys got some, some knowledge bombs that are going to be dropped in this session today. Um, as David said, we're going to, what we're going to talk about is that this, this concept of us being enough. And I know it sounds kind of weird because like, Oh, that doesn't make any sense to me. That doesn't really resonate with me, but there's this thing called limiting beliefs in psychology. And these are fundamental beliefs that all of us have formed at some point in our lives, typically when we're younger in these kind of formative years. And these are the things that we've carried on for years, decades, sometimes lifetimes, people never get over these. And the number one thing that I see and David has seen in his clients too, is this belief that we're not enough. I'm not enough. And it's, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not handsome enough, not fit enough, not skinny enough, tall enough, smart enough, sex enough, rich enough, engaging enough, funny enough, clever enough, whatever enough is, you have this belief that you're just not that. And we're driven for that. And, and, and it's, it's, it can be a good thing and a bad thing. It's a good thing when you alchemize that to be better for yourself, and you, but you have to accept yourself first. And one of the things that we see in our practices is that people don't really understand that this is actually there, that this is, this is driving them. And I'll be completely honest, uh, for, to be transparent, and Dave and I are going to get into it. You know, I didn't realize this was the thing that was driving me. Like I, I thought for the longest time that I wasn't enough, even though you would see the accomplishments that, that I had, you would see the life that I was living. You would see the confidence that I walked around with. Um, <clears throat> you would never think that that guy doesn't think he's enough, but at my core, I didn't think I was enough. So David, I'd love to hear how you kind of stumbled onto this concept and how it's kind of, you know, popped up in your life. Well, the thing is, like growing up as a child, you know, you tend to, you know, you have your parents and your parents are your basic foundation. So going like going over Maslow is like a stages of development, you know, you tend to learn a lot of there's a lot of, you know, behaviors that you emulate from your parents. But also you see that there is a there's also you got your environment, too. Now, the biggest thing is when it comes to overall knowing that you're feeling that you're not enough is something that if let's say your mom and dad, that's like the biggest thing I can actually put out there. <clears throat> right. I'm not yeah. going to get technical with this concept because what happens here is that your parents are the, you know, they're the, they're the predecessors of how we actually function and how we deal with life. And more importantly for myself, you know, I felt that I wasn't enough because I wasn't getting acknowledged by my mother. My father was hardly ever here. And I also had like a, you know, I had a lot of, uh, you know, I felt like I was alone. Uh, and, you know, growing up as a kid with ADHD, you know, 
kids tend to make fun of you a lot. You know, you don't really get go out with the most like most gorgeous girl in school, and then you feel like you're being ostracized for just having like you know you you feel like you're defective. That's why I put it in air quotes. Defective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what the, and what that and what that what that actually emulates is it creates like a defense mechanism so that you have to really overcompensate just because let's say you accomplished so much as I have accomplished a lot in my life. You know, I won karate tournaments. I got my degree. I got my psychoanalytic training. I also, you know, uh, I had my own martial arts school. You know, there was a lot of things that I had in my life that really gave me a lot of like clout. I was like, holy shit. Like, this is like, sorry for my language, but this is for That's me. Good. This is for me. It was actually what mattered more because people would, you know, people would look at me more based on my accomplishments versus just seeing me as a person. Mm -hmm. so yeah it's crazy yeah so, so it's it's oh go ahead david sorry no so so what what so what i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna end it at this the biggest thing that you always want to remember is that when you're able to actually get complete with a lot of the issues that are there knowing that these things can also stop you from actually creating new relationships and limit you that's why they call it self-limiting factors because the word <laughs> limit gives you that notion that there's a you stop somewhere now what we're going to show you is not that anything is a limit everything is limitless and nothing has a limit to it unless you give it a limit yeah yeah i i love that i love that david and and and, and if you guys are paying attention, you know, we talk about this limiting belief thing, right? And, and this is something, again, we all have. And the, here's the crazy part. So David and I came together, like we're, we're, we're both running our own businesses now. We're, we, we, we met in this, self, this personal development program, but we have very different backgrounds when it, when it comes to this. So like David's kind of grew up, you know, grew up with, he said his dad wasn't really there and he had these issues with his mom and then, you know, his issues with, with school and friends and stuff like that. You know, for me, like I had, you know, I, my dad was alcoholic and he was absent, you know, for, for most of my life. And then, and then I was blessed enough to have a stepfather at a really early age. And my mom was amazing. And I had my family that loved me. So it's like, that was all there. And I still had this belief. I went through, you know, high school, always one of the po most popular kids in high school, like all the, like all the awards, like, you know, college, same thing. But those beliefs are still there. So this is the crazy thing. It doesn't matter how you grew up or where you came from or what life was like for you. This belief can still show up. And for me, the work that I, like David said, he, he figured that the work that he got from it was that it was dealing with his mom. He was trying to make, you know, his, get his mom to engage with him and, and let, let her have him, have her tell him that he was enough. For me, it was my, my alcoholic dad who was never even around. And I was looking to do that. And I kept striving. Like it drove me to be the, the baseball player that I was, the athlete that I was, the, the collegiate uh, division one athlete I was in college, to have the career that I had, to get my graduate degree, like all this stuff. It drives you to be better in a lot of ways. But the problem is, and what David said, is that it puts a limit on you that you may not even know that's there. And one of the things I think a lot of you can relate to, and this was one of the big changes for me in my former career as a litigation psychologist, it didn't matter how much I accomplished. It didn't matter how much money, didn't matter how hot my girlfriend was, didn't matter how nice my car was, it was never enough. Why? Because I had this internal core belief that I wasn't enough. And no matter what you accomplish, no matter how big your bank account is, you're never 
going to be happy. And this is why you see people who are filthy rich and from the outside that you think and see they have everything, but they actually, they are, they're, they're, they're miserable in their lives. And so that's what we want to talk about is, is one of the things is how next, I, 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 we're going to talk about how these thing about limiting beliefs actually presents itself. Because this is a really deep core concept, guys. And a lot of you may haven't haven't gotten there yet to say like, Oh, I don't think that's it for me. Like I, I didn't think it was it for me for a long time until I got into psychotherapy and, right. and my therapist was helping me uncover. Yeah. David sounds like the same thing, right? Like same. Yeah. Yeah. So same, like we, you know, and, and here's two guys who were doing the work, like <laughs> it wasn't even present. And then we had to go through therapy in order for this to come out. But here's some of the ways that this presents itself. And I'd like to see David, like I'm going to list, list these off and then, I'd like to have you comment on how you've seen it present itself in your in your life and in your clients' lives too. So how this will actually manifest itself in a lot of ways. And because you maybe not say like, oh, I don't think I'm enough. Or like me, I thought I was a badass for the longest time in my life. Like literally for almost majority of my life, I thought I was like the greatest thing ever. But these other things were definitely present. And, you know, one of these things, one, there's lack of focus is one of these lack of integrity, which is doing what you'll say you'll do. It can be as simple as being on time. So if you're a chronically late person, this could actually be what's going on deeper. Um, a lack of decisiveness, a lack of commitment, not only to, to others in relationships, but actually to doing things, right? A lack of sex and, and quality relationships, a lack of meaningful relationships, you know, self-sabotaging, um, the inability to let go, the lack of acceptance, the short temper, defensiveness. I look at some of these and, and, and I'm going to turn this over to you, David, in a second. Man, I was defensive most of my life. I had a short temper most of my life. I still, I still have problems with accepting things. I still have problems with letting go. Um, I, you know, yeah, those, those things right there alone, we're all tick, 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 got them all like check the box, got them. David, what of those have you seen show up in your life? And then what about what ones in your clients' lives as well? For one is a lack of focus and a lack of integrity. It's also a lack of uh, sex and relationships and even a lack of meaningful relationships for me. Um, for my clients, it's the same thing. It's a short temper, defensiveness, focus, and integrity. Now, what I always look into when it comes to initiating any kind of like behavioral change. Now, like I told, like I, like I'm going to emphasize this, guys. This is not in any attempt to fix you. This is an attempt to empower you to see what's there in your life so that you can actually get something out of here so you're able to live your life powerfully and live the life you love. Right? I love that, David. So what does that look like for some of us? So for instance, um, I, had, I had this couple that I was working with for a long time. Um, they, were seeing a, they were seeing a therapist for counseling. Um, and they, they stumbled across me, uh, when I was actually working at Equinox, I was a tier three trainer at Equinox. And, uh, I, you know, when I, when I, uh, told them my background, not necessarily within like the kind of training I do, but what I've actually done in, um, in the world of, you know, psychotherapy and also counseling, they saw that they're like, Oh, that's actually kind of interesting. I actually want to experience what would it be like for my wife and I to actually do a, a, exercise, a workout together. 
because one of the things that happen within a, within within self limiting beliefs when for people who are married, um, and what I've noticed is that there's a really lack of actually getting to the uh, core uh, root uh, issue at hand. So a lot of the symptoms that you see in dysfunctional marriages with self-limiting beliefs is a lack of sex and a lack of intimate relationship and actually keeping a meaningful relationship with one's wife. And the symptom that also happens too is infidelity. Mm, there you go, man. Right? So, and I don't condone cheating, but you know, it's a, it's a symptom from an underlying issue of self-limiting beliefs. Because you want to, <clears throat> sorry. Go ahead, David. Um, it there's there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunity to see like what's there, um, and you know having a lack of commitment is also another factor because you're committed in a relationship that actually will give you a lot of happiness. Because let's say you have children, right? You, you have a lot of money, you make a lot of money as an investment banker. I'm just giving you an example. And your wife is smoking hot, you have beautiful children, you have a, making a lot of money, but there's something, there's something that's there that's missing. It's like you're not having enough intimate time with your, with your wife and you're not, you're feeling like your marriage is kind of like, you know, you're kind of feeling like you're not like enough. Giving yourself, a, you know, acknowledging the contribution you have made to actually be within to create that family. Yeah. So, so guys, I, I hope this is resonating for you because what I'm hearing David say, and this is, this is amazing. Cheating, cheating stems from you not being good enough. It has nothing to do with the fact that you're not attracted to your partner anymore, or, you know, he's not taking out the garbage or she's not cooking dinner enough, or you guys have grown apart. All these other stupid friggin' reasons that people give some of them. I'm not saying I'm saying stupid because some of them are valid, like granted, but those ones I just mentioned are pretty friggin' they're shallow. Let's be honest. And that, that you break up, or you do something even worse, you cheat, which means you're self-sabotaging your relationship with, with, with kids even because you don't think you're good enough. And here you are. And, and granted, Dave and I both work with high-performing people, men and women. This, the, these people are making tons of money. Like we both live in New York City. They're, they're, they work, these people make tons of money, right? Their wife, could be, their wife or husband could be smoking hot. But here they're self-sabotaging by going out and cheating, knowing that that's going to end. That's probably going to end their marriage. They're risking divorce. They're risking literally scarring their children. They're risking losing half of what they own because of the divorce because they don't think they're good enough. And this is what I want you guys to be able to sink in because this is crazy. Now, here's the thing. I love that David said, like, you know, there's nothing wrong with this. Like, you're broke. Like, we all have been broken in one way, shape, or form. And this is makes it, our brokenness makes us beautiful, to be honest. That's what makes us human. There's nothing wrong with your brokenness. Your brokenness actually got you this far. So it's like, this is one of the things that Dave and I have talked about in the, pro in the program that we've taken is that this, this limiting belief has helped you. Like it helped me get to be as successful as I was in my former career. And, 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 it's, and it's continued to help me be successful in a lot of different ways, but it's eroding the foundation of who I am. Like it wouldn't allow me to get to the next level of, of, of where I wanted to be or particularly now with cliffhanger academy how i wanted to serve people so that's just one of these things you guys you gotta be aware of this and 
<clears throat> if if you're if you're not, that's okay. This, the first step, and we're that's what we're gonna get into right now. We're gonna give you three things you can start doing right now. Because remember, at the lab, we're all about tools and tactics. We're gonna give you three things that you can work on right now to start getting that limiting belief under control that I'm not, I'm not enough, right? For me, it's, I'm not good enough. Like I was constantly trying to earn the love of my father who wasn't there, even though I had, you know, I had, a, a, we grew up Italian. So David knows this, the males in Italian families are held to a very high accord, you know, mm -hmm. almost the demigod somewhat. And my mother, my grandmother, my grandfather, my aunt, my uncle all loved me, but yet, that wasn't enough for me because I wanted my dad's love. And that's what I was really going after all this time. And so it's these little things. So David, let's get into the top, these three things that you and I came up with that we want to give to the audience that they can start doing right now to work on these. And so um, I'm, I'm going to just give, I'm going to give the first one. And I'm going to let you just kind of, kind of riff on it a little bit. And because we, we kind of talked about this. So the first thing you got to do guys, number one thing you got to do to realize that you are enough is you got to identify the problem. You know, we talk about knowing what battle you're in. I'm all, I have a warrior mentality. So it's all about what fight you're in. If you don't know you're fighting an I'm not good enough thing, you'll be doing things like cheating. You'll be doing things like having a horrible temper. You'll be lacking focus. Like, like David said, he was dealing with ADHD on top of, you know, the, the I'm not enough thing, which made it even worse for him. So David, what, like, what, what do you think? So identify the problem. What are, what are some of your points on that one? So let's go back to what happened in your childhood, right? For instance, why does why is Freud's uh, why is Freud's theory still actually very potent? Well, think about it. From the early onset of childhood, you you learn a lot from your parents. So, let's say for instance, there is uh, communication was not something your parents were very strong at. I'm just giving a specific example. It's a trait that usually often is learned. And sometimes, you know, when you're having a hard time, you know, making, you know, having relationships is because that part of yourself is not present to knowing like, like just listen, right? Just listening alone can actually just really spur a conversation. That's how you know you're enough, <clears throat> right? Yeah. I love that. So that, that, so again, so, so what, what I'm hearing from David guys is that for taking step number one, you got to identify the problem and you just got to listen to yourself. You got to give yourself some quiet time. You know, if, if, if it doesn't, if the whole thing about I'm not enough doesn't resonate with you right away, maybe it's, maybe that's not your thing. That's totally fine. Like it, maybe it isn't your thing, but I want you to consider that if you suffer from these other things we talked about, you know, short-tempered defensiveness, lack of acceptance, inability to let go, self-sabotaging, lack of meaningful friendships, lack of relationship, intimate relationships, sex, commitment, decisiveness, integrity, focus, this could be the thing for you. Because I will say this, for me, it is the number one thing I see in my clients. And, and, and I'm dealing with some incredible people who are done some insane things in this world. And this is still their thing. And like I said, it's my thing too. So that's why I can recognize it even more readily. Um, so David, you were kind of going into this with the Freudian approach, which I, which I, like, I love it. People are, you know, with the advent of the positive psychology movement and Adlerian psychology, we're looking forward. People are more concerned with, no, we don't really need to look at the past. You know, it's not that big of a thing. 
but there's a lot of value in that. Like there is a lot of value in knowing what happened before and kind of what happened and uh, what, how that affected you. And so, so one thing that David, and I came up with was say, well, you need to look at your past and see where this came from. And David, I wanted you to comment on, you know, what you talking about the story that we've been telling ourselves that makes this a reality for us is I'm not enough reality. So what happens is that, you know, when you're going through your childhood, there's like certain, you know, stages that you have to, you know, you undergo because I spoke about Maslow, then there's Freud because his theory still holds weight. Um, but there's other fat, there's other, other factors where it comes to like, you know, other, other modalities like EMDR, like it's a meta processing tool to help, you know, client well patients mostly in the in the therapeutic set, setting to get into looking into the past and actually doing a rapid eye movement uh, technique so that they're able to be there as they're able to like see like what's what's there in you know for you know from your five-year-old self to your present self and what what we're doing here is actually getting you to be more in a position where you're able to forgive yourself in a way of what's there right so for instance for someone like myself i actually had to deal with um you know forgiving myself you know having a holding a huge grudge towards my mother right mm. so i had to forgive myself for that because i made myself wrong and that's something that you don't want to do and then acknowledge it that it's there because what happens by the end of the day there is something there that's actually giving you more of an opportunity to learn how to actually be with that six-year-old self, calming that six-year-old self down. And what is that, what do you need to do? Say, it's okay. You know, thank you for, you know, thank you for, you know, being there and allowing yourself to say, I forgive you and forgiving yourself for whatever may, whatever may have happened being now or from going on from that time and that's like one of the things that a lot of us have a hard time doing with self-limiting beliefs because what we believe in is like oh i'm not i shouldn't forgive myself <laughs> i shouldn't forgive myself i was a asshole child when i was growing up well honestly here's the thing show yourself some compassion yeah yeah, for sure. I think that's, that's, and especially for high performers. I know most of the people that most of you guys are listening to this are high performers. And so one of the problems that we have is, is acceptance, you know, is being nice to ourselves. Cause if we, if we, if we accept something, for example, um, <clears throat> and, and it was a bad thing, then we're, we're either get, I, like for me, it was, it was either, I felt like I was giving up or I was, I was conceding to this thing that happened that I was okay that that happened. And uh, part of my story was, is that I had to not only kind of forgive myself, I actually had to forgive my dad. And, and by the time this all rolled around and this came to, to fruition, um, my dad had been on the picture for decades and actually, you know, he died prematurely because of, of um, complications due to alcoholism. And so I actually never had a chance to tell him, I was tell him that um, I forgave him and that I understand what he did and why he did it and it was the, it was the disease and he didn't choose alcohol over me like he was actually in the grips of alcoholism and and here's the craziest thing for me guys is that when 
I realized all this stuff. I had been, you know, visualizing, picturing that for me, I needed a hug from my dad. That's what I was wanting. Like my, like David said, six-year-old self, I think mine might probably been a little bit older, maybe seven to nine, just wanted a hug from his dad to let him know it was enough. And what I realized in this moment, and I'll never forget it because I was in Bryant, I was in um, right outside of Macy's in Herald Square um, and surrounded by literally thousands of people when I had this realization sitting on a, on a bench is that I wasn't the one that needed the hug. My dad is the one that needed a hug. And you may realize the person that you find out when you look at your past who quote unquote scarred you, right? They may have actually needed something way more than you did. That they were acting out because they were lacking something, because they didn't think they were enough, because they were doing the best with what they could and it actually had nothing to do with you. And this is the crazy thing is that most of the time when we do this work, and if it's tied to someone else, it has nothing to do with us. It's not, it's not that you're not enough. It has nothing to do with you. It's this other person had their own stuff going on and that you just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And That's this right. thing manifested itself and you've carried it for literally decades. I mean, I, I know people who carrying these beliefs into their grave because they've never got to the place to recognize that this was the actual problem they're dealing with. And so the third thing we're going to give you guys today is we're going to talk about the toes and tactics, right? We're going to talk about the daily actions that David and I use to make sure that we let ourselves know that we are enough. And we have a list of them here. So, um, and, and, and it's pretty funny because David and I both do a lot of these, you know, in, in, like in parallel. Um, so we talk about, you know, meditation. That's an amazing one, right? Meditating and actually see what the problem is and see what's coming up, you know, working out so you feel good. Holy cow. You guys, you know, what psychology fitness is all about. It's about get that feeling going, right? You activate your physiology. This is why we feel great after workouts. This is why we can actually change our psychology through working out. So you're never going to hear from me and not talk about the power of working out. Um, David, what are some of the things that you find that are really, uh, really powerful that you do on a, on a daily or weekly basis for, for reminding yourself that you are enough? Well, also like, here's the thing. So someone like, let's say for, for instance, David, his father passed away. So he didn't have like a chance or to reconcile. But the, one of the biggest things that you can do is write a letter to your, to your father. And, and really like say like, you know, Hey dad, um, you know, I miss you. I love you. Um, wish I had an opportunity to really tell you that in person. I really, you know, and this is something just to like, you know, really get complete. It's it, the biggest thing is you're getting complete with the past, right? Working out helps you get present. Meditation helps you get present, but, but emotion itself the, the emotive component of when a past, uh, past, not just trauma, I want to say emotional and psychological trauma at growing up from, you know, from childhood to adolescent to adult. And you're actually dealing with overall having the opportunity to really get into a space of knowing where I am enough, even though, you know, my father wasn't around and he's not around now. And really getting your, giving yourself the space to like, say, I forgive you. I love you. And thank you. Yeah, David, you, you actually hit the, the, 
the, and this is why I love getting people on who have psychology backgrounds. You guys know I've been, I've been on some other psychology podcasts with psychologists. Um, and this thing that David recommended, the, the, the writing a note to my dad is actually what I was doing when this moment came to me. Um, I had just left my therapist's office at the time. Um, I was sitting in Herald Square, which is about a block from where he was middle of the day. It was literally insane. Um, and I actually haven't shared this with many people that are outside my very close circle. Um, I was writing that letter to him. And I remember that for me, I'm a visual learner. Um, and I remember the visualization was I needed that hug. Like I felt, you know, like a little dude, little, little David, little short guy trying to hug his dad's like leg. And I realized in, in, in hindsight is that my dad actually the one who needed the hug. Like me, I was the bigger David. It wasn't, I wasn't actually even seeing what I was seeing. Wasn't me little hugging my big dad. It was my little dad hugging big me like he actually needed me and that was and like I even get choked up now just thinking about it because that was one of the most profound moments of my life to literally understand that this had nothing to do with me that my dad was sick that my dad needed help and that he he, he had no tools and this is, you know, one of the reasons why I got into psychology why I'm all about tools and tactics because there are a lot of us out there that have no freaking clue what to do. We may not even know what the problem is. That's why we have step number one is identify the problem, but you may know the problem that have to go like, I don't know what to do. Like, and then you're going to therapists, you're trying all this other stuff and meditation and breath work. And you know, you're writing your feelings down and nothing's working. And this is exactly why I developed the sci-fi system because I was like, for me, none of this stuff really did click. And the only ways it did end up finally clicking is when it all came together, when we did all this stuff, when we did the exercise, when you did the breath work, you did the meditation, you do the insightful thinking. And, and like David said, the kinesthetic learning, the motor process of actually writing stuff down. That's why we're called Cliffhanger Academy. Academy, it's a freaking academy. You have homework every single time. Ask my clients, it's part of the program. Oh my gosh. So David, th this was great, man. I'm, I'm so glad that you were able to, to share some of your story um, you know, with, with our audience and, and kind of get, get real. Um, you know, before we wrap this up, is there anything that you want to add that we didn't get a chance to talk about? Well, the biggest thing is like, I just wanted to add one more, one more caveat. Now, yeah. one thing that you always want to do is when it comes to integrity, and this is something that I share with a lot of people, see what the promise is that you made to yourself and to that other person. Acknowledge that what the promise is that you did make and, why, and, and, and acknowledge that it was broken. And what you're going to put into place is a promise that you can keep and how you're going to keep it. Now, the reason why I'm, I'm saying this to you guys is because it's a good practice to instill because keeping your word is something that I always feel that's like the biggest thing that you need to need to have. So for instance, from someone like myself, I always got to keep my word. I had to be on time for my clients. I got to be on time for actually doing this podcast. Right. I also got to be on time for, um, you know, when David says, Hey, let's have a phone call. I got to be on time for that phone call because that's the time we set up for that phone call. Yeah, I, I love that. Yeah, so it, guys, it, it does come down to in integrity. And I love the way that David says it, is that, you know, and, and, and here's, here's where I'm going to, where we're going to wrap up on this one, is that 
taking David's concept of integrity and like broken promises and stuff like that, you know, if you broke promises at some point in time and, and with someone else or you know, with yourself, again, it's okay. There's nothing wrong here. What we're trying to do is get you to overcome that and then use that as a catalyst. You get to the next level. So right. if anything that we've talked about here resonated with you, I want you to take on the promise, the integrity promise of going through those three steps we talked about, identifying the problem, seeing if, if it is that, that you think you're not enough. And again, this is not going to be easy team. This is why people like David and I are here for you. Um, and then number two, you're going to look at your past and see where that problem came from. You know, where in your past did that thing actually come from? And number three, you're going to start doing some daily actions, you know, so meditating, working out, daily conversations with a loved one, journaling, stuff like that, going to see a professional, right? I want to challenge you guys to that because this is not an easy process. It is not a short process either. I'm going to promise you that. Don't think that you're going to be done in, in like three days, 30 days. It may take you years. People do this thing for a long time, but I definitely can tell you this, you can do it 100%. You're going to eliminate all the limits from your life by starting this simple practice. This simple three steps today. So team, as we wrap up, I want you to think about if you are suffering from I'm not enough, try these three things out and see where it came from. And then if you don't even know if this is, if you're like, oh, I don't think I'm enough doesn't resonate with me. Just ask yourself if you have a lack of focus, a lack of integrity, a lack of decisiveness, lack of commitment, lack of sex or meaningful intimate relationships, lack of meaningful friendships. If you're self-sabotaging yourself, if you have, if you have an inability to let go, that, that was one of my big ones. Lack of acceptance, another one of my big ones. Short temper, had that as well. And defensiveness, if any of those things are in your personality, this this could be the thing that unlocks it all. And I can't stress that enough. This could literally be the thing that if you identify this and you start working on it right effing now, you could be free from the chains that you've been carrying for years, for decades, man, for a lifetime. And it's really that simple. I didn't say it was going to be easy, but what we do here is we make things simple. We make psychology simple for you guys. So David, I want to thank you for having have, being on the show, this was amazing. I'm glad we got a chance to do this. Um, I, you know, like I said, I love being on a jive with other people who have like, you know, psychology backgrounds, fitness backgrounds, martial art backgrounds, like so many things, you know, David is a servant leader. So David, where can people find you if they want to know more about you or get involved with you? So you could find me on, uh, you could find me on Instagram at David Orsini fitness. Uh, my last love, just so that, you know, how to spell David, of course, because we have a David here too. <laughs> um, my last name is O-R-S-I-N-I, -I, uh, fitness, David Orsini fitness. Uh, you can yep. find me on Instagram. You can DM me and, uh, you know, message me if you have any questions. And also you can find me on my website at, uh, .com. Um, and you can either email me or you can, uh, call me. Um, my phone number will be on my website. Awesome, David. And, and guys, we'll, we'll put links to that um, below the podcast. So you don't have to worry about the spelling. If you guys mess it up, us Italians know how to spell the, those words because we're, we're familiar with them. But team, that's it from us at the Psychology Fitness Lab podcast. It was amazing having you guys. Thanks for listening. You know, we try to keep this short. We try to simplify psychology and fitness for you so you can start getting to that place where you want to be, where you're looking, feeling, and performing better all day, every day. All right, team. Thank you so much. We'll see you guys next time. Team, what was your number one takeaway from today? Or maybe more importantly, 
what was the thing that stirred up an emotion? Either way, there's definitely a lesson there to be learned. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of the upcoming lab episodes and leave us a review. If someone shared this episode with you, be sure to thank them. And if you enjoyed the episode, pass it on to someone else. If you have any QCCs, questions, comments, concerns about anything psychology fitness related, be sure to email me at takeaction at cliffhangeracademy.com. That's takeaction at cliffhangeracademy.com. I appreciate you for being part of our community. And as always, you know what time it is. It's time to start taking action and living your best story.